So what's the relationship with a research study? With me today is Dr. Shri Banerjee. Shri, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, certainly. Um, so I am a core faculty member of the College of Health Sciences. Um, I have been in the area of public health for um, approximately 20 years. Um, I have uh, also worked uh, with the Centers for Disease Control and um, also um, had collaborations with National Institute of Health um, and other health agencies. Um, from this experience and my medical training, um, I use this um, to guide my students um, in the dissertation journey uh, and also uh, teach them uh, quantitative skills. Um, so that's a little bit about myself. Yeah. So we haven't actually told people what we're going to do yet. We're going to look at geospatial analysis, which I know absolutely nothing about. So why don't we start there and tell us what it is? Sure. Thank you, Dr. Stetlander. That's um, a really good um, first question. I think um, one way to think about geospatial is uh, I, I like to start by, you know, uh, breaking apart the term. Um, and if you're thinking um, geo, so if you think about the um, uh, term geo, uh, that means Earth. So you're starting to kind of think globally. And so um, when you start to think about anything um, related to maps, anything related to geospatial, um, you have to kind of take a step back and um, look at things at, on a, in a global scale. Um, and so you, you learn to appreciate um, the map uh, in, in a different way when you, when you learn all of these uh, complexities. Um, and so if you start at that global map um, and then kind of work your way more to more specific areas, so um, looking at the national, state, local, um, then this would be a good first step exercise um, to understanding how maps function. So what's the relationship with a research study? Yeah, that's that's um, now a good question. Um, it's important for uh, students to uh, first understand, you know, how specifically geospatial considerations may fit and align um, with their topic. So um, it's good to start with kind of a simple example, and and one that I like to use. Um, as an example, because uh, not only have I uh, seen uh, many patients uh, with diabetes, uh, with this condition, uh, but also I've uh, personally lost loved ones. Um, so if, if we take a chronic condition like diabetes and then think about how we can apply spatial considerations, um, then at a very basic level, um, if we think even of the incidence Descriptive statistics, right? Incidence, prevalence, mortality rates, all of these can be mapped spatially and, and um, variations can be observed. So if we think about diabetes, um, you can quickly um, take a look at the map and um, look and see where there are clusters of 
um, diabetes and where uh, there are less incidence in, um, of diabetes. And so you, you can look at these observations. Um, and so once you understand where that relationship lies, then you can um, advance the uh, research and, and make more observations. So it's more of a descriptive tool, kind of almost qualitative in that you're describing where th that that right right so so if you if you take the first step um in understanding um how to approach uh geospatial um it almost feels um almost more as a uh qualitative um appreciation of of the um data um and so so that is the beauty of geospatial analysis because um it, it, it's true that initially you are making uh, kind of qualitative uh, observations um, where there are clusters, you know, what areas seem to have more clustering. Um, but as you try to understand the relationships even more, um, once we try to understand if, if there truly are clusters and if they're statistically significant, um, if you can, without reasonable doubt say that there is a cluster then there are certain specific statistical tests that are used to try to uh, delineate and understand that so you would be getting what kind of data i mean to analyze so 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 um then at that point um you know once you have qualitatively um, and and I, I use this term loosely. Um, I, I'm not necessarily referring to the whole um, area of study, qualitative study, but but kind of an, a kind of an appreciation um, of the data. One, once you do this qualitative um, evaluation, then you um, begin to understand and, and uh, conduct uh, spatial joins and um, additional sort of um, unique, so uh, unique tools that you use um, in geospatial analysis to try to understand these relationships quantitatively. Um, and so you're still using some of the uh, familiar statistical tests um, that you think of, right? So like multiple regression is still part of the consideration when you're conducting uh, quantitative analysis. But the difference is that now you're adding a specific type of weighting which takes into consideration geography and geospatial um, relationships. Mm -hmm. Can you give us another example? Um, I like the diabetes one, that helped a lot, but maybe another example of a study. Sure. Um, and I can, I can go back um, to a study that um, actually was uh, presented um, last year um, at the National uh, American Statistical Association Conference and um, actually uh, went on to be published um, with the JSM proceedings. Um, and, and this was actually um, looking at a relationship between um, income inequity um, as, as a um, focus, uh, focal, as, a, as an explanatory variable um and understanding if there was a relationship with breast cancer um and so 
you know, when we looked at, so I uh, worked on this with uh, Dr. Matt Jones. Um, and so when we looked at um, the general regression, the multiple regression without geospatial considerations initially, um, there was a significant relationship. Um, now, but we were not just uh, interested in that. We were also interested in something called the coefficient of determination R-squared value. Now, this R-squared value, um, among many things, actually determines, and, and this is not just for geospatial analysis. This is, uh, I'm referring to now, right now, multiple regression. Um, this this uh, coefficient um, gives a sense of how strong the model is. Um, so, um, how how well the model performs, you know, um, and so the R the, there was there was a, a pretty um, high R squared, but uh, as expected, you know, um, when we included geospatial considerations into this model, this R squared increased. Um, so this the 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 model with geographic weighting had a higher um, R squared than the original multiple regression. Um, so and that uh, so so that very fact uh, clearly illustrated um, the point that geospatial relationships and geographic weighting really needs to be included into more and more models if we want to really have targeted interventions in communities. And um, I can explain that statement a little bit more. So what I mean by that is, is that the findings that are, um, th that, that are there um, now can be applied um, if the analysis is conducted, for instance, at a county level, right? So, so um, a lot of this information um, is available at the county level in several websites like uh, countyhealthrankings.com um, or uh, county, countyhealthrankings.org. Um, and and so uh, a lot of these variables, you know, you kind of uh, bring together and understand what is going on at, at the local level. Um, so w once you understand that there's geographic variation, uh, you can create models that that um, inform what is going on at the local level, and then also um, use additional guidance. Um, from places like Healthy People 2030 and elsewhere um, to, to create interventions that will uh, help promote healthy communities. So going back to the diabetes example, um, if there is a community where um, there is not enough eye care or if there's not enough foot exams, right, then um, we can make that determination at the local level and then uh, create something that, that will uh, remedy that. So I'm visualizing some kind of software or something that lets you actually do a mapping type thing. Is that actually the case or? Yes, absolutely. There is definitely um, software um, that is unique to uh, spatial analysis um, and geospatial analysis. Um, and actually, as it turns out, there's um, there's several out there, um, and um, the leader um, 
in in well when i say the leader the the um one company um that has been around the longest um in fact um they have history since 1969 um is Ensri. so so that's the name of the company um but they create they have manufactured a software called arc gis um if you were to google this you would be able to find this uh, pretty easily that's arc gis yes mm -hmm. arc gis um but i did say that there were several um so so th this one um the, the there's there's a lot of um, additional resources that's um, out there uh, with this software. Um, there's also a um, cloud-based mapping platform that's out there. Um, so uh, students can easily sign up for a um, for an account um, as an on become an online user. Um, and uh, in from time to time, there are uh, deals where there are um, an one-year um, free subscription uh, to, to some of the resources. Um, but the other software, which is open source, is QGIS. And there are similar features um, with that as well. Is there any difficulty with getting access to data that works with this? I mean, can you just use like data from the health department, or is there something special you need to be looking for in terms of a That's data? a good question. When you're accessing data um, and, and spatial data, actually this uh, question uh, arose during the pandemic, um, especially when there was a lot of granular data being released. What do I mean by that? Um, in public locations, um, in in state health department websites, uh, in Johns Hopkins uh, dashboards and and other other dashboards, many many dashboards, um, there was a lot of uh, sensitive data, uh, potentially sensitive data that was being released, and and um, also um, many guidelines and policies and regulations um, even were debate being debated. Um, regarding the release of um, information and how granular um, that can be. I've used the term granular several times, but what I mean is that um, when you're thinking about uh, zip code level data um, and when you are describing cases or, or when you say there are three or four cases within a zip code, then, um, and, and many people in that community know each other, then that indirectly I may identify the individuals, and so there, there, there were very complex policies um, that that were um, enacted uh, during a public health emergency um, that that informed um, situations like that. Um, so, on a general level, when you're doing research uh, geospatially, these are considerations that are important to keep in mind. Um, personally. I was trying to conduct um, geospatial analysis on the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. And so um, during the pandemic, the um, center um, was closed. And so um, I was unable to actually access 
the data because, uh, you know, the, not only is it sensitive data, but um, the, the access is uh, dependent on circumstance, you know. Um, so um, if, there's a, if there's an emergency, if there's a pandemic or, or any sort of crisis, then, then that can influence research um, as we have seen in many different levels. Well, thank you. Um, if somebody is interested in learning more about this, what would be the best option for them? So what I would recommend um, is uh, for uh, people that want to learn more, um, they can visit um, ArcGIS. They have a lot of tools um, that you can access. As soon as you sign up for the account, there's um, there's a lot of tutorials, um, and and they're very helpful. Um, and but but uh, to to truly um, get a full immersion, um, it's important to take you know a a, a course or, or multiple courses. Um, I, I myself um, was so intrigued in this that I uh, went on to uh, receive my master's degree. Um, in this area, so um, from from Johns Hopkins. So uh, th this was something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and, and and like you, I also started um, in, in you know from from step one, uh, not knowing how numbers and data translate into these colorful maps. Um, and and when I when I saw this, it, it just sparked my interest. Um, so I, I encourage each and every one of you to to uh, visit some of these resources from ArcGIS um, and others, and and do the same. Um, go on a path of exploration. Thank you so much, Sri. I I know faculty are going to be really interested in this and bringing it to their students. So thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for joining us today for Research Talk. Our music is by audionautics.com, and I'm Dr. Lee Statlander. Today's podcast was sponsored by Walden University's Office of Research and Doctoral Services.